yeah yeah i feel like i feel like that exactly so i mean we, we basically went from worthless tokens that only had a speculative premium in 2017 to tokens that actually make revenue and hopefully also share revenue with token holders and i feel like we're in a similar position right now with gaming where we go from it's all speculative premium to oh the the game actually like makes money <laughs> and uh, people can make actual money and the the economy works and that's what you can share with people yeah so i guess if we take like the timeline from like defi i guess in like two years we'll probably see games that are closer to like the the optimum than now probably or maybe that i mean there's more money in the market right now so it's probably even faster than before hello everyone welcome to the podcast floor is rising with host Sabertooth, a professional nft collector and kizu a professional art critic on this podcast we talk deeply about the business of creating collecting and analyzing nfts so if you are a creator or a collector of nfts jump in the water is warm hi everyone welcome to another episode of floor is rising today we have us uh, a special guest uh kepler um he is a builder and also a a writer um specializing in sort of crypto and the sort of web3 gaming space welcome to the show kepler yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Kepler, tell us, how did you get into NFT slash Web3 Gaming? Yeah. So, I mean, I started crypto in 2017 when I was still in college. Um, so I got into like normal crypto stuff as a retail trader. Um, and then in 2020, when like the, the lockdowns came, I, I started working for crypto projects as a freelancer, just on the side, um, mostly in marketing, because that's like my original background. Uh, from that, I got really into DeFi um, and I was especially interested in the tokenomics side. So I spent a lot of time on that. And I guess I kind of ended up in gaming because um, someone just saw what, what I was doing around tokenomics and asked me to do a token design for a battle royale game. And I really enjoyed it just because I feel like the design space is, is much bigger than for like DeFi tokens when you have a whole in-game economy. Um, and yeah, then I basically started just really getting into game design and game economies like earlier this year. Um, so yeah, I, I have like more of a, a DeFi background, I guess. So I'm not really from the NFT side. I, I switched later on, I guess. Um, but nowadays, like my full-time job now is actually working. I'm working for a NFT infrastructure company as well. So I kind of made the full switch now. <laughs> you could sort of give a, you know, a quick summary, um, of, of kind of what, what you think, I guess, the, the future of Web3 Gaming is? I feel like um, the main objective for now is basically to just, when you open the economy to everyone, even players that are not inside your game and you allow for trading, you also open it up to speculation. And uh, that can basically destroy your whole game. So I guess like the main takeaway from my article was to, yeah, 
how to look at uh, speculation, how you can limit it within your game. Like for example, when you're not making it the core loop of it and just like the additional layer on top um, that you probably shouldn't make every asset into an NFT um, because it just becomes way harder for you to, to control the economy um, because basically you have a lot of different player types and thousands of players are then controlling your economy. Um, so yeah, it was basically just kind of, I guess, a, a bearish view on open speculation <laughs> and uh, Ponzi-nomics. Um, I feel like um, that's like the main takeaway. So I have an interesting question because, because you know, I think one of the things that you, you talk about is that, you know, instead of uh, sort of most of the players being kind of speculators and people who are speculating on the on the value of the NFTs or the tokens in a game, that um, that you need to have participants who are sort of playing it for fun, right? Like a like a Web two game. I think this yeah. was one of the things that you said. Um, and I'm, I'm curious as to, do you think that this is possible? Like, do you think that it is possible to create a Web3 game uh, on-chain that people or that the majority of people primarily play for fun rather than for, I guess, speculation or financial profit? Mm, I would guess so, yes. So I'm not sure if you can do it for every genre. But for example, if you look at Battle Royale games, I mean, there's clear winners, right? So if you like limit the opportunity to earn to a certain subset of players, um, but without like destroying the experience for everyone else that can't earn, then, then I would say, yes, it's possible. So it's more a, a thing of like having, attracting different player types that look for different things within the game. And basically you, you kind of want to create an economy and maybe it's not even a financial economy, but more like a social economy. Um, but once you basically have trade in one or relationships, trade is just for me, like one form of a relationship between players. Once you have that, uh, you usually have like inefficiencies within like the, the economy. And then you basically can tax it, which acts as a sink. So that's good for your economy. And also inefficiencies are something that some players enjoy to arbitrage. So that's like their earning opportunity. So I would say it's possible, but it, I'm not sure like how limited it is, like for what kind of genres or how, how different the, the gameplay experiences will be with crypto games. But I would say there's definitely an opportunity, yeah. When you when you talk about like battle royale games, could you just maybe give a brief description um, for our listeners, like like how a battle royale game works? So basically, in the end, that's just one winner, right? So it's last man standing. In the end, there's this one winner. Um, so what it basically does, it, it I mean, it's skill based usually. Um, so it's not possible for everyone to earn. Like you can't really bought it uh, and also like you can't go in with an earning mindset because before you can if you like tie the the earning potential to the player performance you first have to get good so you can't really go in 
with like an ROI mindset, oh, I will buy this NFT, I will play four hours a day, I will make on average this amount of money. Um, so you kind of prohibit to many of these types of players to, to enter your game because it's just not possible for them to make money regularly. And yeah, basically what it does, you, you can, one idea would be, for example, to reward players based on their placement. And then you maybe you want to, because I mean, kind of makes sense to have a Battle Royale game, also an esports title, um, because it's fun to watch. It's skill-based, it's fast usually. So what you can kind of do with the token is then to basically make everyone an esports player. So you basically will have like wager matches, wager tournaments. So people earned tokens, they will like buy into a, a small tournament um, and then they can win, win a prize pool. And of course you like some of the entry fees, like let's say 20%, you basically take out as a tax. So that's your token sync. That's like one way I would think about like how you could maybe incorporate crypto in, into like a battle royale game. And then once you basically have, I guess, native esports integration in your game, um, probably you will have a bigger esports audience. And then the people that watch the tournaments live, they can find a game that more closely resembles the feelings that they feel when they watch it but now they can experience it as a player. So you may get a flywheel going out of that. Is the reason why you think it, it will work because um, it's essentially like a zero sum as in, um, yes. okay. And, and, and so I, I'm, I'm guessing currently um, the most popular sort of web three games are not like in this genre. Um, uh, yes. It, yeah. Okay. And, and so your, your prediction is that like some of the current genres that are more popular are going to get overtaken by, for example, a battle royale genre that you, you think is more suited to basically Web3 gaming than, than possibly some of the genres that are more popular today. Is that? Uh, yeah, I think it's like something that at least for now, we, we don't really see games doing it, but I think we will definitely see some because... I guess it, it kind of makes sense if you want to go the esports route, maybe with your game. And um, then you could also, for example, incentivize streamers with your token and all of that stuff. So you could, I mean, there's a lot to experiment with here. So I think some people will try it. Um, but of course, I mean, there are also other genres that I feel like are better suited than others, like card games, because you usually need to have a lot of different decks just to be ready for also different opponents. Um, so it's like the cards just act as your token sync basically. Um, but yeah, I feel like Battle Royale games are, are worth a try at least. Um, also because when you look at how it's doing well in Web2 gaming, right? So you just take a popular genre, you use crypto in a way that's hopefully new enough for people to try it out um, because i mean battle royale games are kind of like there are too many now in, in the traditional gaming space but if you add like esports on top and incorporate it well it can work and i feel like it can also get traditional gamers um yeah just to playing your game trying it out so have you seen any interesting sort of new genres models mechanics that have been uh that, that you think will be sort of you know 
different improvements over what we currently have? And, and maybe if you have, you know, you'd like to, I guess, talk about them. I already mentioned, welcome to NOR. Um, I like their way of doing it. Um, just so, I mean, there's still limited info kind of, but like there's like two main elements I like. Uh, one is basically that you, you have permadeath with NFTs, which like in my opinion, it could add something to, to a game that you haven't uh, really seen before. What, what does permadeath of NFTs mean? Um, yeah, so, so basically if you lose, you lose your NFTs, right? So they, they are burned. Um, so you have a lot to lose actually when, when you play the game. So, um, yeah, I just feel like it really enhances the emotion that players feel. And it's, I mean, I'm not sure like how, how big the change will be to like a normal game, but I assume that it's something that, yeah, it's just like a completely new experience and that could change the emotions that people feel when they play. And I think like in the end, it's more about the emotion than looking at finances. So I feel like that's a good way of taking the focus away from money and putting it on more like uh, intangible uh, feelings and, and that stuff. Um, and the other thing that I think they're doing, like that's a, a good experiment is just to have the, all the financial gameplay on top is more like uh just like a, a meta layer. Um, so I feel like that's like just a way of reducing speculation or at least like you're not reducing it, but you're kind of like outsourcing it in a way that it doesn't affect the, the game in like a, only to a certain degree or, or not at all. Um, yeah, I feel like this is like the one I'm most interested in right now. Um, then other things I have seen is just uh, basically what a lot of games I think are trying to do is to become more like they have like different let's call them mini games just because you can basically introduce a lot of different token sinks. Uh, I guess that can work, but it feels like maybe there's I mean it's a very specific uh, player base as well if you have like basically proof of concept versions of mini games um and you kind of like move your players from one to the other in hopes that they like reinvest their earnings from one to the next mini game um yeah can can, can you describe for me because you, you talked about a financial meta layer on top of like the game and how to set can you talk about like yeah. um what what that sort of entails and and how i guess that that works and, and maybe how that is kind of like better. Yeah, there's not like enough info out yet to really know how it works for Welcome to Noor. Mm. Um, but, but like one thing, for example, I mean, that's that's an easy example, but if you just do like betting, mm -hmm. so some players play, other players bet on them, that's like an, an easy separation, right? Um, between gameplay layers. Right. Um, yeah, and, and then like another thing would be if you have like, but that's a more difficult one if you have land NFTs. So you basically have the NFT owners, which are like the landlords and they want to make money. And then you have the players that build on land. Um, you, you can maybe separate these two as well. And you have to, because otherwise like no one will play the game. <laughs> Everyone will just speculate. Um, but that's like, 
yeah, another way of like doing uh, the, the separation between like financial gameplay and normal gameplay, basically. Uh, I mean, so a lot of the things that, that you've described, um, you know, it essentially describes, I guess, the current uh, sort of leading, you know, NFT uh, metaverse slash gaming projects, right? So, yeah, does does that mean that the in in your opinion that unless they, um, I guess, modify um, what the current mechanics are, that that you don't think that they will survive kind of long term, and and so well, including those things like, you know. Um, mm. Apecoin and 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 Coda and, uh, and and Sandbox and and you know yeah it, it, I mm. mean is that is that what, you know because because most of those Axie most of these are driven their growth has been driven largely by kind of people speculating on the on the growth um, of the sort of NFTs slash tokens but it sounds like you think that. Um, you know, if if the thesis is correct that that the, the you know the the, the the new sort of batch of sort of Web three gaming will not be driven by these kind of mechanics that that these old sort of yeah. projects either have to change or they have to die. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah, I would say so actually. So I mean, games like just traditional games are already hard. So if you look at how many games get like three years old, it's it's very little. Like even good games. Like they probably can't keep the attention of players for more than two years, mm -hmm. and if you have like an economy as well, then it gets like your economy will probably fail before. Then you can like kind of restart it by introducing new assets, but with crypto, it's way harder. So yeah, I, I would say so. It's because it's just like a normal game plus crypto complexity on top. So I would say like most of them. If they don't make adjustments, it gets really hard for them. And and also, like for example, if you're if you sold land NFTs already, then it's kind of hard to make a switch because I mean you basically sold it to people that expect like an ROI out of it. So if you take that away, I guess you you kind of lose them, which I mean isn't bad for the game economy, but maybe just like the, the overall um, community you, uh, you have for now. Um, but if you don't change it, I mean, it gets really hard for, for because they, they are basically value extractive to your economy. So I guess it gets like really, really difficult for you to, yeah, to, to work with that um, because there's always these people that invested at the start and they just have an ROI throughout the whole lifetime of your game um, and getting money out of it. Um, yeah, so I guess you, you kind of have to make a trade-off, like who, <laughs> are the players more important or the, the investors? Um, and that's a difficult one to, do, to make. Um, I, I mean, how yeah. do you see, like, because, um, for example, the earliest of these, you know, thing, things like Decentraland, Voxels, these... <laughs> these were these were sold in like 2017, 2018, and and they're still sort of sort of going. Um, I mean, do you yeah. do do you see them as kind of like just basically like fading out, or 
that that their model sort of just can't really work going going to the future because um, essentially there's no one to kind of buy the bags after a certain point in time. I mean, it's. I guess you could still add systems like you you can add a tax on landowners and then use. I mean, you can do it. Uh, of course, if you have a DAO and the people holding your like DAO voting tokens are the same people that hold your land NFTs, then it's hard. <laughs> um, but I guess they can make these changes. Um, I guess another way would be to just pivot to to different kind of business model where you're doing more like um, it's not really an open metaverse like UGC yeah platform, but it's more of a controlled projects build their experiences on there. Um, so more of like B2B product in a way, I guess then it can work. Um, but in the current way, I've, I don't really see it because like the people that hold the NFTs, I mean, maybe at some point they are incentivized to, to build on top uh, or to just like land their uh, land <laughs> uh, to um, people that do build on there for like an, a price that makes sense just because they see that when the platform fails, also their land is worth zero. Um, but maybe it's too late then at this point. Um, I feel like it's just a, a big hurdle for people to take. Like if you have a game where you can just, you can start and you can create content on day one or you go in and then you kind of see, oh, these are the prices. And then you have to buy an NFT to get in. And then you have to borrow land from someone else to build something. And then this person like extracts part of your revenue. Um, I feel like it's just like, if you compare it, it's, it's harder to do. Um, so, and because people can basically switch between like platforms and games and metaverses, why shouldn't they switch? I feel like, yeah. I mean, so I'm interested to hear your your opinion on this because, um, you know, in in the history of, I guess, if you look at DeFi, right? Because you're from DeFi, mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the history of DeFi has kind of been, um, you know. In 2017, there was a whole bunch of projects that basically raised a bunch of money to do a bunch of things, essentially. And, and the majority of them kind of failed because the majority of them were raising money to do things that were kind of skeuomorphic in the sense that, you know, you know, we know the famous ones like DentaCoin, where they were trying to build something for dentists, but that was kind of symbolic of, you know, skeuomorphic models where people were saying, okay, we do this you know, on the web or in the real world. So why don't we just do this on the um, on the blockchain? <laughs> so there's yeah. a lot of yeah. ideas like this. Um, and and if you look at like what actually kind of worked, um, it usually just involved things that were completely new, right? Like for example, AMMs mm -hmm. was probably the biggest success story. It was just completely native to crypto. It was new. Nothing like this ever happened. Like you know, outside of sort of sort of the blockchain, um, and and you know, I'm wondering if when you look at sort of Web three gaming, um, whether you you see anything that is more sort of medium native or sort of mm. you know Web three specific, because what I see is I see a lot of most I don't know nearly all <laughs> are basically like people who take 
ideas that are sort of currently working either on the mobile or on web2 and usually the teams are from web2 as well and they, they kind of come in they just want to like sprinkle web3 on it or sprinkle yeah uh, blockchain on it um and and usually like history kind of says that usually these kind of ideas are not the ones that kind of work right or like mm-hmm. but have you seen any like ideas that are really really like sort of web3 native so to speak that's just not a replica of stuff that is that is outside mm, i mean if we do like if we do a more traditional game i think you will most of the time end up at something that is skeuomorphic right um just because i mean your core game is still like a normal game so i guess where we could see more like crypto native game design is probably with completely on-chain games like dog forest um and then i guess because once you're there uh because like for example let's look at the example of amms we basically invented amms just because blockchains are kind of slow and not efficient right so we needed to find something that works for for the infrastructure so when you're building a traditional game like most of the stuff you do is off chain. So you don't really have that limitation. So you don't really need to think about that. But when you have a completely on-chain game, then you have the limitations again. Um, so then that's once again, where you, you need to think about this stuff. Like um, how do I incorporate commit reveal schemes just to make sure that um, like you, you have a certain fog of war on dark forest, right? You can't see every enemy. You can't see all the moves, like all of that stuff. Um, so I guess that's where we, I, I expect more like this crypto native innovation to take place just because like the, the other studios don't really have the necessity to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's interesting you mentioned kind of dark forest, right? Cause um, that game, essentially is a it's a space exploration game which is pretty like skeuomorphic right we're talking about yeah. like games like elite or like the, the, the sort of the triple um uh, what, what do they call those space uh exploration games like triple or quad s i forget the name but like that's it's pretty skeuomorphic but they use kind of zk to kind of um mm-hmm. sort of sort of have like a fog of war and that kind of things. But uh, I'm thinking like specifically like, because if you look at the history of gaming, right? So we went from like board games and then when sort of computers came out, whole new game genres sort of were invented. And then when the web came out, new game genres were invented. And then when mobile came out, new game genres were kind of invented. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like, there has to be something new right? <laughs> with with, crypt, with crypto, but so far I haven't really kind of yeah. seen seen that. Um, and I'm just wondering whether you know, because if you look at what the specific property of you know crypto or sort of Web three is, it is the financialization of these game assets, and mm-hmm. like, like maybe maybe the Maybe the speculation is the point. Maybe maybe the game is the speculation, um, uh, and 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 it's kind of like right in front of our eyes, but we're kind of not seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder I, maybe. Oh, sorry. Can I just jump yeah, in here go, go, go. Yeah, to sure. say that I think I think Sabertooth is half correct. I think that 
Um, and I think Kepler has mentioned this in his article where he says that, um, that crypto is, is, is kind of not, not really an, an elective or optional layer, but it, it does, if we visualize it in terms of um, a kind of overlay, if so to speak, on top of the gameplay. So depending on how you implement it, and, and we talked about this just now, um, th there can be different levels where uh, at which crypto introduces um, a different incentive alignment or structure, right? So there, there's a sense in which um, if, if we have a fully on-chain game, or even if it's just a web free game with crypto elements and, and tokens, then we can see that as, and we're talking about this as well, you know, sprinkling blockchain on top, blockchain elements on top of a web two uh, native game. Uh, you know, we can see it like that, but also it, it, there is that kind of optionality, I feel, and, and maybe that's a better way to, I would describe it as, as having that additional dimension to it. So it, if we go back to the the idea of the nightclub or, or even a battle royale game with, um, you know, people who are playing and then betting betting on the players and, and you know, the streamers and, and so forth. So that kind of ecology, I don't know if that's the right word, um, I think is, is what has been enabled. It's just that I think we yeah. haven't seen uh, a fully realized um, manifestation of that in the sense, in, in, in the sense that those features have been fully leveraged um, to their maximum effect. Because I think that, you know, like Kepler has gone into great depth in his article, um, giving examples of, of how these can work. But it's hard to really visualize what that game would look like, right? Because it's quite complex. And I think um, in, in, I think it's the easiest ways to, if, if we did have a game <laughs> that we could say, aha, this is, this is the use case and this is the case study and so on. But we, it's hard to do that um, in an abstract way at the moment because we don't have, we don't have that instantiation, unfortunately, yet. We're kind of just gesturing around the issues. I, we kind of more or less know that or we, we can recognize that these are the things that would be really effective uh, if they were uh, implemented. It's just that it's, it's just hard to... You know, so for the moment, I think we're we're kind of like groping in the dark forest, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like for now, there's definitely no template for games. It's just like for mobile games. At one point, you had a template, and then everyone did it. Um, there's nothing like that in Web three gaming for now. But I think that's also like the the interesting part of it because we're in the exploration phase and not the exploitation phase of an of ideas. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, what you said is, I guess I kind of agree. Maybe we don't see like new kinds of games as we did before with innovation, but maybe we see mm. kinds of game studios basically building through. So maybe it's like not, it's more like the the social innovation that, that crypto is bringing to games that will be like the game changer for games. That could be the case as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's that's an interesting uh, term to to bear in mind. Social innovation. It's it's essentially the same gameplay, but because crypto elements are grafted onto it, um, that really just actually changes 
you know, with incentive alignment and so forth. It, it changes the entire mode of engagement, I feel, uh, both of players with the game and players with other players. Um, so the question then becomes, I think, um, well, is that the same game? I would argue, well, I mean, yes and no, right? It, it could be mm. exactly the same game, but because, as you said, you know, there's this social innovation or the behavior is, is a bit different, then isn't that a different game? I mean, one could argue that it is because it's in the di dynamics, I think, that that is that that makes a difference. Um, although, you know, the visuals and so forth um, are, are the same, maybe. But um, yeah, I think that that's another thing to maybe, uh, another point to bear in mind where on the surface of it, it doesn't seem like a different game, but but it really is in a sense. Yeah, it kind of like, puts the focus more on the social dynamics. And I feel like then, I mean, if it feels different for players, then I would say it's a different game. Like even if like when you look at just like the gameplay mechanics, it's the same, but when it feels differently, I would say it's a different game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tooth, anything on that, on that note? Yeah, like do you, do you agree with that or, or no, no. Is not it, really. Is it a different game? No. no, not really. <laughs> like like okay. like I kind of feel like you know it's almost like we have a number of games that we can choose to play, and the market has kind of spoken about what game specifically in web three that most people prefer to play. Um and so, so, you know, we've we got a bunch of games that people can choose to play, but I think by far the most common game that people play is the speculation game in, uh, in Web3. So meaning like, because I'm thinking like, if you ask, I guess, anyone who's in NFTs, you know, this whole like discovering, um, sort of researching, following, buying things on OpenSea, selling things on OpenSea, like this is essentially a game. Right? And this is a game that I think the majority of people play. And it's kind of like they don't want to spend less time on this game on other games, right? And so I'm wondering whether like, whether this is something that I guess people can be cognizant of and maybe just like, maybe this is the game or this is a more um, attractive game to, to, to most people um, that people basically want to play. I'm, you know, I'm kind of reminded of um, uh, that, you know, especially a game like poker, right. That um, when, when it became big in the mid sort of two thousands, um, it took a lot of players, specifically high-level players from StarCraft uh, and Magic the Gathering, right? At, at that point in time, StarCraft and Magic the Gathering were two of the biggest kind of sort of competitive games, early sort of competitive gaming um, ecosystems. And, and essentially, like a lot of the top players from those games like left <laughs> and went to poker, essentially. And I'm wondering whether like this is a similar thing sort of happening, that this you know, that, that, that essentially the, it, it's the game of speculation that people are kind of drawn to and, and any kind of success in this area has to kind of, you know, not try to downplay speculation, but maybe build more speculation 
um but but how to do that in a i guess in a way where people don't leave but sort of stay engaged with your games and and i guess you could say you could say that the most successful sort of web3 game which is you know board apes um has basically <laughs> like this is basically the exact strategy right like they haven't really released much but throughout the history the the, the entire sort of the game it has this being constant game of kind of speculation of bigger and bigger and bigger things um you could have of course argued that that this is not sustainable <laughs> but um it has by being by far the most successful sort of quote unquote game in the in the in the in the web tree ecosystem yeah that, that's interesting because first i was thinking um yeah but but the the game also like the games people played like Xe were also about earning but mm -hmm. it was because of the people they brought in that were from crypto but it's actually not true because they brought in a lot of people that weren't into crypto before um but i would still argue that these people were not people that like played the game of speculation but these people basically used Axie for work so i would probably still differentiate between working for like an income and then speculating with your disposable income. So yeah, I'm not sure if it's like just a subset of gamers we have seen so far in crypto and these people like speculation or if, as you said, like people will switch from other games to, to games of speculation as from like Starcraft to poker. Um, yeah, I hope not, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay, so Axie is very interesting, right? Um, so I, I, I spoke to, um, you know, a few Axie players accidentally, right? Not, not the Axie players specifically, I guess, based in the, in the, in the, in the Philippines. So I spoke to quite, quite a few of them. And um, the, the sense I, the sense I got is that a lot of them started out um, as, as, you know, workers, right? People who are grinding um, uh, and, and earning income from it. But a lot of them, the, the goal, their goals are to like earn enough from the grinding so that they can then like own the assets and then get other people to, to kind yeah. of grind, right? So it's, it's almost like a career path right <laughs> yeah right for, for, for them and, and and i'm guessing that you know a, a lot of them are sort of in it to to kind of move up in the like to level up so to speak um and and this is like a lot of the retention um and the the, the gameplay and and yeah. you know and, and i'm wondering whether because because i know axie has kind of been quite vocal in terms of trying to make the game more fun and whatever but I'm just wondering like whether whether that's you know not really the reason why why everyone's playing the game that, that they should they should actually sort of add more levels in the career path rather than trying to make the game more fun um to kind of you know to, to, to make it more attractive i don't know it's i'm, I'm just kind of speculating here um, yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned actually because it seems like um that so-called career progression is, is actually a shift of one behavior to another. So as we were talking earlier about um, isolating 
certain systems. So the assumption there is that players or, or participants have uh, kind of a main single motivation. And then the, the devs are like, okay, these are the types, three or four types, and we're going to introduce gameplay, sorry, uh, tokens or, or you know, features that would be tailored to each of them. Um, but the Axie example that you've just raised uh, suggests that players can actually kind of jump or advance. I'm not sure if advance is the right word because it, it implies that the asset holding behavior is somehow higher. I mean, it, it does take more money to do so, of course. Um, but and and, why, and that also assumes that the the grind is not enjoyable. And and with Axie, I think it's arguable that it isn't. I mean, that's just my opinion, but <laughs> I think with different games, um, the so-called income earning stage could potentially still be, you know, enjoyable on the gameplay uh, level, right? Um, and so, you know, I guess it's it's worth bearing in mind that um, that players will probably always have multiple motivations or or uh, ways of engagement, and and then you know, and 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 that these can shift. I think from the time that they start playing to, to you know when they become a bit more at the you know at a, at a different and more advanced uh, or or just a later level I guess later stage. Um, so yeah, it, it seems like that's an example where um, that that really can maybe throw some doubt on uh, Kepler's thesis that maybe the the good move is to isolate, but maybe it's not always um, the best strategy in in, in cases like that. I guess. You don't agree, or? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, Kepler, do you have any, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, so I think like giving people the chance to basically explore all features of the game is a good thing. Um, so if you like isolate in a way that, for example, for for a certain uh, like earning style gameplay you need an nft first and i feel like it's not a good way to isolate the system it's more like if, if you give people the opportunity to try everything and you just like make like this the certain input from players uh, uh, leads to an outcome but then you can trade the outcomes that's probably better than like limiting players from input first uh i feel like so yeah I mean, I mean it's difficult i don't really have a clear answer to that um i think like yeah people can change why they play um i just think that for like xc players it wasn't really a change in motivation so because they started playing to earn and then they wanted to basically become the manager just to be more efficient at earning so I feel like it didn't like their motivation didn't change. It was more like just a natural progression for what the game was to them from the beginning. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you look at it, you you kind of isolate systems here because like for people to become managers, they need to first have enough money. Uh, and they make the money from people that need to make money. So that's like your progression but it's not sustainable because the people that basically are managers, they rely on new people joining the, the career basically. 
So um, I don't think like in the end, a system like this will work because at some point, it, I mean, there's just no more people. Um, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that the real world? <laughs> yeah, but in the real world, you have to live and work to get food. But in the game, you can just quit and play another game. Right. That's like the <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the this is the single biggest dichotomy, right? Because even putting aside like this this thing, like the the thing that's responsible for the for why everyone is so interested in web3 gaming and the and the thing responsible for why you know axie grew so quickly all these sort of web3 games um and just nft grew so quickly is the the the, the huge financial uh increase in the in the nft price and the token price um and it's kind of like if you try to kind of like separate it out like are you taking like basically the 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 you know the biggest thing about Web three out? Like it's 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 a really um, tricky sort of juncture, I guess, in the in the, in the ecosystem where I, I think any potential answers um, you can come up with all sorts of uh, reasons why it wouldn't work this way, but no one really has sort of definitely proven what the what the correct path is. Um, yeah, it's really it's really kind of like 2017 for DeFi, but this is like 2022 for for sort of NFT gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that exactly. So I mean, we we basically went from worthless tokens that only had a speculative premium in 2017 to tokens that actually make revenue and hopefully also share revenue with token holders. And I feel like we're in a similar position right now with gaming where we go from it's all speculative premium to oh the the game actually like makes money <laughs> and uh, people can make actual money and the the economy works and that's what you can share with people yeah so i guess if we take like the timeline from like DeFi, i guess in like two years we'll probably see games that are closer to like the the optimum than now, probably, or maybe that I mean there's more money in the market right now, so it's probably even faster than before. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is it's it's a real juncture. I mean, I can I can sort of you know I'm, I'm I can play devil's advocate on both sides. I can I can see sort of you know <laughs> why people think that we need to take speculation out, and I can people who say like speculation is the it's kind of the greatest weapon that sort of web three has um so i can kind of see see both sides but uh couple it's been a, <laughs> a pleasure to kind of have you on the show we kind of we, we did a sort of whole sort of tour de force on 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 the whys and the wherefores of kind of web three so it's been great before we sort of let you go um final question that we ask all of our guests uh which is your favorite sort of web three game uh so uh, I will say Skybeaver just because I just started playing it and I feel like, I mean, we discussed it before. I feel like uh, card games are a good genre for uh, crypto uh, elements. 
So yeah, I just started playing it. I like it. Um, so yeah, I'll go I with mean, that. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, if you if you want to see a thesis of sort of take the speculation out of Web three games, Skyweaver is the perfect case study. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I kind of I I've played it as well, and I I I I, I couldn't finish the tutorial. <laughs> it was so bored. So I was like, <laughs> so so. Um, but I know that they they do have. Um, uh, quite a large playlist and and they they've been working on it for a long time so um you know definitely like like you know that that thesis um has some sort of adherence to it and has some sort of traction so yeah i think like also if you start with little speculation you can always add speculation later but if you start with a lot of speculation i don't think you can really reduce it or your game is dead before you can reduce it so I guess it's probably like as with DeFi, you have a like a path to decentralization. You have maybe in games a path to uh, speculation. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. Kepler, it's been a pleasure to, to have you on the show. Yeah, it was great. Thank really you, guys. It. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Floor is Rising. If you enjoyed the podcast, Please subscribe and follow. And give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Remember to also follow us on Twitter at Floor is Rising. You can reach out to us or send us a question. Just send us a DM at Floor is Rising.